Dear friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm very thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. Wherever you're listening from, we really pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. This week we are following the theme, Raising Spiritual Kids in a Post-Christian World. Is it possible? Now, yesterday we looked at the question, should children make up their own minds about religion? But today we will endeavor to answer the big question, Are there any strategies for raising spiritual kids? So to help us with this question, I'm joined by my friend Lindy Sperring here at the Faith FM studio. Now, Lindy is the prayer ministries coordinator and women's ministry director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Welcome, Lindy, once again. Hello, good evening. It's lovely to be here. How are you today in this cold day? Well, it was a sound and light show at our place last night. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> well, it certainly I actually, woke me up a couple of times. With... I actually enjoy listening to the thunders. Yes, I'm not sure yes. about you. But um, some people are scared, but I, I don't know why I like that. But it's, um, I think it's fun. But, uh, and I really, do the, I really do think that we needed that rain. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Where we live, we have a, a balcony and we can look out across to Gulf St. Vincent and I love standing nice. on the balcony and looking at all the sheet lightning and and hearing the rumbling, but sometimes it gets a bit close. <laughs> yes, I can <laughs> agree with that. And some people have suffered here in Adelaide. They've lost power or oh, no, trees yeah. have come down or they've flooded their houses. So, you know, we're thinking of them as well. Exactly. Well, I think also we are looking for um, the summer. Um I read an article, very interesting, that goes along with the topic that we'll be discussing today. And and it's an article from Focus on the Family, written by Kurt Babna in the year ago, last year. And the title is, Raising Godly Kids in an Ungodly World is Not Impossible. You and your kids were born for such a time as this, and understanding God's heart. Uh, And it says... Trying to raise godly kids can feel impossible, and I'm sure that our listeners would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we turn in our culture, on television, in movies, and now through sexual education in elementary schools, our kids are being told to embrace moral rel- relativism and accept the abnormal and, and unbiblical as simply a matter of personal choice. The article, the author, the writer says... My wife and I were sitting in a theater watching a sci-fi movie. Date nights are awesome, until they're not. Sitting directly in front of us was a young teenage couple making out. They were passionate and utterly oblivious to everything and everyone else. I'm not a prude, really I'm not. However, it crosses a line when a couple ignores common decency in public. Um, I was there to watch a movie, not teens fondling each other. Later in the same movie, did I mention it was a PG-13 sci-fi and not a romance movie? There were multiple moments on the 90 by 30 foot screen of inappropriate sexual behavior and sexual innuendos. What truly frustrated me was the number of young kids sitting in the same theater 
I remember thinking, says the writer, when did this all become so normal in our culture? Let's face it, sexual sin isn't new. People have crossed the line sexually for thousands of years. However, what is new is how we have an entire generation being indoctrinated to believe that no one, let alone God, gets to define the moral boundaries. So, what do godly kids need to know? Number one, says the article, godly kids need to understand moral relativism versus godly behavior. Moral relativism is the standard of the day. What's right or wrong for you is up to you, not me, and certainly not God. The prevailing view regarding moral judgments says something is true or false, right or wrong, only relative to what an individual or, or culture determines. That's what moral relativism is all about. The problem with moral relativism is that it is immoral. Throughout history, every society that abandons the concept of a moral standard decays into depravity and eventual destruction. No honest student of history can deny this reality. Mm, so, true. yeah, it, and you think of the Roman Empire, for example. Absolutely. And other, other groups that have descended into that sort of lifestyle have eventually lost all their trade, all of their ability to function as a, as a credible society, and they've mm. often gone completely. Yes. So that's a principle that, 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 that is, it's true for countries, kingdoms, um, cities, families, churches, everywhere there's a group of people, this applies. So um, the question is, how do we raise kids with a biblical moral compass in a culture that has normalized the abnormal? How do we teach our kids that the words of Jesus are the standard for living and not what this culture teaches? Um, so the next bit of the article answers the question. It says, godly kids need to learn to use Jesus' words as the godly standard. First, as a parent, talk about the teachings of Jesus regularly. There's nothing wrong with family devotions, but I have found it far more effective to look for unplanned opportunities to bring up the words and practices of Jesus as a part of everyday life. Yes, powerful. Yes, so you can use every opportunity throughout the day as you're walking with your kids or playing with them, as soon as you see an opportunity to teach them an object, object lesson, go for it. And that's why we need to be in tune with, with heaven, right? Yes, for sure. Now, the article continues, Use the method of Jesus, who taught, You have heard it said, but I say to you, when pointing out how our culture is often in direct contrast with the ways of Jesus. I suppose the, the, the author is uh, saying that, Whenever we see an opportunity, say um, an advertising on TV or anything that we can, you know, teach a lesson from and and ask our kids, what do you think of that? Is that right? Is would Jesus uh, be happy with that? So make them make your kids think for themselves. That that's a very good exercise. Um, so um, we should do this when pointing out how our culture is often indirect contrast with the ways of Jesus. Being the son of a preacher, says the author here, and a pastor myself, I can assure you that preaching to your kids doesn't work. Trust me. <laughs> well, you're a pastor. <laughs> I can relate children. to that. 
Yes, because they will listen a lot more to what I do than to what I say. Absolutely. Um, however, blending the practices of the kingdom into everyday life does work, which I would certainly agree with that. that now, I'm not saying that the, the you know, teaching, the theory, the, the teachings of the Bibles is not important, but <laughs> leaving them out. Illustrate it for them. That would Illustrate be it. More powerful for sure. Mm. Well, they'll believe it more. Exactly. Mm. Then, secondly, talk about cultural issues with your children. Of course, your conversation with a six year old will be different than a chat with your teenager, but you must develop a bridge of conversation within your family. The bridge is built over time and it is created by having intentional, intentional discussions about what your kids are seeing and hearing in our broken world. Again, don't preach at them, but do ask a lot of good questions. And he gives a few examples. For example, what did you think about that, that scene in the movie? How did you feel when that man said this to that woman? What do you think Jesus would want you to do in a similar situation? So this is, this is you know, practical questions. Ask clarifying questions such as, so what did you mean when you said this? You know, help them to express their thoughts. Furthermore, don't shame them with a negative reaction either, such as, what? How could you think that? Mm -hmm. huh? Practice the effective communication tool of mirroring back what you think you heard. It's, for example, they, they say something and you go like, so I hear you saying, and yeah. you, you know, repeat Reflective it Reflective listening, words. really, isn't it? Reflective listening. That's so listening. important, right? Because they, they feel heard and... Validated and validated. feel that they're important. Mm -hmm. Phrases like, is this what you mean? So if your child feels heard, it will go a long way toward building the open relationship that um, you want. Um, also, remember... Uh, teach the truth in love. Now, the author says, I'm not suggesting you compromise or hold back. You don't need to worry about political correctness either. Be clear about biblical standards and impress God's truth on the hearts of your children without fear. Also remember, it's not helpful to talk to your kids with an angry tone. How many times we, <laughs> we make that mistake? Uh, Parents it, do that, sadly. Yes, it's easy to go by uh, emotions, right? You don't teach grace and truth when you use derogatory labels in a cruel or hateful way either. Also, and sadly, your children are already exposed to all sorts of sexual sins on a regular basis. They see it at school, in the mall, on billboards, in movies, and on television. It's everywhere. But remember, Jesus, who was a friend of sinners... He loved the wrecked without reservation. Teach your children the way of mercy toward others. Show and tell, while helping them to learn how to be unbending in their convictions. This is important, especially today. Bear in mind, your goal is not to raise a modern-day Pharisee. Becoming like Jesus is always the objective. So help your child learn how to hold on to truth without shunning or shaming. And one last thought to consider in this article says, it would be easy, I suppose, to throw up your hands in despair over the brokenness 
in our world and want to retreat with your family to a Christian community high in the Rockies. <laughs> However, we live at a great time in history. We have the incredible opportunity to proclaim the good news to people desperate for hope. You and your kids were born for such a time as this. I love this. So raise godly kids, world changers, to bear his image and bring his light everywhere. What a nice article. It's a wonderful article, and it reminds me of that song, Build an Ark, Head for the Open Waters, Save Your Sons and Your Daughters, because so society is just declining, sadly, even since I was at school and since my children were grown, grown up. So, Yes, and I guess we, uh, as parents, and, and you're a parent as well. Yes, I right? have a, a daughter and a son, and you have a daughter Two, and yeah, a son. daughter and a son as well. So, dear listeners, this, this, these are parents speaking to parents, That's okay? That's right. We are parents. <laughs> From parents to parents. And you, uh, you were perfect like me and got everything right? Uh, of course not. <laughs> no, no, not me either. <laughs> we learn from our mistakes, and uh, it's Absolutely. a constant learning curve, I think, but... Um, it's all about depending on God, asking him for wisdom. And I think that's important. Like mm. when I was listening to you reading that article, mm. one thing that needs to happen, I think, very, very young is for the children to know Jesus and grow in their love for him. True. Because if they love him and they trust this Jesus who is setting boundaries in their lives or trying to reveal to the, them the truth, if they understand that they were created by mm-hmm. God, that's a little bit different to a sort of a legalistic approach. And, and I confess, yes. Pastor Ricardo, some of my – I came from a broken home, mm. uh, first-generation Seventh-day Adventist, and, and I made some mistakes with my children because I wanted everything just mm. right, just so. Mm-hmm. And so I can look back now and see I wish that I'd had more understanding of teaching them those values. Not that they have yes. turned out too bad, but I've noticed that this next generation is quite accepting of things that you and I couldn't even have imagined in our growing up years, I suppose, and certainly don't find acceptable. Mm-hmm. So, And you said something important about it, about the teaching our kids. This is not about being legalistic. No. It's important. And I, as a pastor, I've seen lots of church members, of course, and uh, those church members that were legalistic, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about legalistic as in trying to keep God's law, mm. which is good. I'm, t- I'm talking about people who want to earn salvation by what they do. Yes. Without right. having a you know relationship with it's, Jesus. That's right. All the kids that I've seen from people like that, uh, well, not all, but most of them do not stay at church. No, they're, and they're quite rebellious often because yes. I think that pressure of having to conform. You yes. know, the Bible says in Proverbs twenty two six, train up a child in the way he should go, mm-hmm. and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Training up the child, we need God's wisdom, don't we? Yes, and teaching by example as well. See, um, I'm sure my, my 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 dad told me many times as I was growing up. Uh, that it, that it is important to pray. Uh, I'm sure he said that. I just can't remember. What I do remember is seeing him praying in the mornings. Okay. So, okay. so his what witness, we do, his, his actions, his actions impacted you more than what he exactly. actually said to you. Yes. yes, I remember that more than his words. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that that applies to everything that we try to teach. Absolutely, our children. Okay, dear listeners, it's time for a break. Let's listen to a song by uh, Forbes Family, the Forbes Family, 
and it's called God Leads Us Along. Leads us along by the family 
uh, by the Forbes family. And dear listeners, this week we have a practical and insightful giveaway for you to get for free. Like I said, it's a giveaway. You should not miss out on this opportunity. The title of the book is The Smart Parent by Nancy Van Pelt. And let me tell you something about this book. It is very practical, very useful. Strategies for growing great kids. Have you ever wondered how some parents seem able to raise perfect children? Would you like your children to become responsible, well-rounded, Christian young people who can safely make their own way in life? Nancy Van Pelt, an author of 42 books on the subject, a certified family life educator and a grandmother with three grown children of her own, has been showing parents how to achieve this for, for 25 years. She writes to you in this book as one concerned parent to another. Let me read to you, uh, the listeners, uh, the table of contents. You'll see what I mean by uh, practical and insightful book. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll come across chapters like Help Your Child Feel Like Somebody. How to talk so your child will listen and so your child will also talk. Secrets for getting obedience. Wouldn't you like to know those secrets? Raising kids with character. Living with teenagers. I'm sure a lot of listeners will agree with this one. That That's a good chapter. High-risk behaviors. How to give your child a head start. Home. A great place to talk about sex and stuff. Remodeled families facing divorce, single parenting, and blended families, and God's plan for smart families. So, if you would like to receive a free copy of this book, all you need to do is text the code SA146 on 04888-808-11. And I'll repeat the code. It is SA for South Australia, 146. No spaces in between. SA146 on 04888-808-11. And please, please, please use this number also to text us your questions, your comments, your prayer requests at any time. Um, I'm constantly looking at my screen, um, eager to listen, to hear from you. And uh, we promise we'll get back to you as well. So please remember the number is 04888 808 11. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A, right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Lindy Sparing. And Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Coordinator and Women's Ministry Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. This week we are following the theme, Raising Spiritual Kids in a Post-Christian World. Is it possible? And the big question that we are trying to answer today is, are there any strategies for raising a spiritual child? So this is a very practical question to answer. So, um, Lindy, what strategies can you share for sh uh, uh, with us, with our listeners, for raising kids in a spiritual way? Well, let me be very frank, Pastor Ricardo. I wish that I'd understood more about spiritual things when my children were very young. But I even want to go back before the children are born to say to parents that if you are planning to have a child, I believe you should start praying already 
for the well-being of that mm-hmm. child. I believe that when the mother becomes pregnant, that they should be praying over the child in the womb. And so a strategy for raising spiritual kids is by prayerfully covering them with God's grace, mercy, and love. And so to me, that would be one strategy right, right at the beginning. I don't know what Mm -hmm. you think, but I think that a baby in the womb is able to um, be impacted by the prayers of the parents. And I I think there's evidence of that. And, And one of the ways I know that there's evidence of babies in the womb having some understanding of what goes on about them is because I've heard of music therapy when the baby's in the womb. I've heard of, and I've listened to testimonies by people who who their parents were trying to abort them and they were aware of that. They have memories of that in the womb. Amazing. So I believe that it's very important to start right back at the very beginning. But when the child's born, and, and another thing that some parents do too is that they actually start reading the Bible and spiritual books to the baby when it's in the womb and, and certainly when they're born. You know, I remember each night when our children were little, you'd get them off to bed, you'd read them a story and you would pray with them. And I think this is one way for that little child who perhaps isn't cognitively able to totally comprehend or understand what is going on is, is beginning that, that spiritual uh, journey for them. So that's to me is one way long before they're cognitively able to understand. You know, the Bible says, um, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. So I think there is a lot of evidence to support that we need to start very young. Whereas I think some parents go, Oh, well, I won't do anything till they start reading. Mm-hmm. But actually, in another way, children that have been read to and had stories to actually mm. learn to read more quickly and yes. and more easily because they've heard the language, they've heard the words. Mm-hmm. And so I would start reading to them from the moment they're born. Very important. That's so one strategy. language is not the only way to convey a message. That's true. Uh, m- messages are conveyed through music, yes. through actions. Through, through touch. To touch. Gently touching and not being aggressive or angry. Yes, yes, yes. And so th- there's a whole lot of ways that we can teach our children to have um, a, a spiritual part to their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard to explain to a child that we created mind, body and spirit, isn't it? You know, you may yes. not be able to, for them mm-hmm. to understand that. They may take some years to understand. So there's some of the strategies I would start with. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important too, Pastor Ricardo, that the children see in our lives, so if we aren't connected to the source of power, if we don't have the Holy Spirit operating through us, then what are we witnessing and showing to our children? Are they seeing parents who are trusting in God Mm -hmm. or are they getting stressed? Now, I remember... I've got a little card that my son gave me, one of those little pass it on cards, and he'd written on the back, don't be stressed, mum. <laughs> and as I, I've kept all of these and I go, mm. what a shame that he saw me stressed. Mm. I was probably working and trying to, you know, keep the wolf from the door, mm. if you like. We we're working and I, back in the days when interest rates were 17% and trying to struggle. So I, I think that it's so important that the parents have a personal and intimate relationship with God. Mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, we will have to fake it when teaching our kids. Absolutely. Trying to teach them something that we don't don't have, do. or that we don't have. Mm. I think it's uh, important to read. So f- the, the first thing I, I've said is prayer mm-hmm. in the womb and reading and talking to them and praying with them. I think mm-hmm. it's important to read stories from the Bible. So even if they don't understand what we're saying, At that we, should time. Still, we should still read I think to so. them. I think we should still read to them right from the word go. And and then as they start to develop, like a child from about the age of, it can depend, 10, to, 10 months to one year, can often hold one of those little hard books and look at the pictures and the stories. And you often use it and go, you know, like, what's that? What's that were the first words my daughter said because we went around the house going, what's that? That's an apple. What's that? And so we're teaching them things by showing them little stories in age-appropriate books. So I think that's another strategy for our children to develop their spiritual side, their spiritual nature. Using illustrated books would help. I think so, with Mm. pictures. Children like to see pictures. They like to point to things. They like to start... Start talking. Some children mm-hmm. may not start talking until they're 18 months, maybe even some a bit later, but a lot of children are talking from one onwards, mum, dad. Wouldn't it be great if the first word they ever learnt was Jesus or God, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. their heavenly father, heavenly God. So other strategies, and this didn't necessarily happen in my home growing up, but having family worship every day, Very you important. know, in that article you read, he said, even more important is to have illustrations. And so having family worship every day that's interesting. There are lots of resources at our Christian book suppliers where you can have age-appropriate little stories to share during family worship. Mm-hmm. You might sing a song, you might have prayer, you might have a little short discussion about what that worship means, what it's trying to teach us, and mm-hmm. make it interesting so it's not like a drudgery and the kids go, oh, we've got to go to worship, you know. Exactly. When we uh, Sometimes we, we, we think that by making or having long devotionals every day, we're going to achieve more. But, Less is uh, more. Yes, yes. <laughs> the most important thing is that we are – Consistent, uh, exactly. exactly. Short, short devotions, short um, uh, readings are, are more effective, I think. And I think it's also good for, in some way, to teach the children as they get a little bit older to have their own time. You know, you might yes. even say to them, "Well, when you first wake up, why don't you talk to Jesus, talk to God, have a short time of prayer, maybe look at one of your books." And I think as you model that, the child is going to. Start to develop that habit and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Enjoy being able to have their own little time mm. and, and modeling what mum and dad do, perhaps, because mum and dad might get up early. You said about your dad, you saw him praying rather than him telling you to pray. So if the children see mum and dad doing those sorts of things, mm-hmm. that makes it interesting as well. Yes. And then another thing that I've noticed in that some families that are very well organized is that um, children think of their Bible study or reading the Bible and praying as another box to tick. Yes. Uh, and we need to be careful not to uh, make it that way. And, That's right. You know, 
Well, children often enjoy spending time with their mums and dads and doing mm. family things. So if you can make it creative and happy and interactive, you know, inviting them to talk and, as you said, reflective listening, asking them to, you know, uh, share what they think mm-hmm. so that they grow up with a love for their parents and a love for God and they don't feel like it's something that they have to do. They're not forced to do because let's face it, God doesn't force us to love mm-hmm. and respond to him. Mm-hmm. And there will always perhaps be children who don't respond and make mm-hmm. the choice to go away no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard on a parent's heart. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, God loves those children more than we do. So we have to right. allow his model of accepting a person's choice and decision mm-hmm. to guide how we react as well. So the... In, in uh, looking at the, at the big picture, uh, our purpose, our goal as as parents should be to teach our kids to make their own decisions, godly decisions, because it's yes. easy to just tell them what they are supposed to do. You're yes. going to do this, and they ask why, because I say so. Yes. Normally, we you know you use that <laughs> phrase, but yes. it, it is. I know it takes more time, uh, but it's, it is a lot more effective, more productive, more beneficial for us to explain why we are asking them to do this or that, or sometimes reading something with them yes. and then asking them, what would you do? Yes. Instead of telling them, you know, this is what I want you to do. That's right. Guide, which we should teach them how to make decisions because eventually they will They have to make their they own decisions. Leave. And if they can see the consequences, if they go a certain way, it's mm-hmm. like we ta- taught them to stop at the curb, look to your left, look to your right. I remember mm-hmm. that little song. So sometimes our children need to learn to stop, think, and then act. Mm-hmm. Um, like the stoplight, stop, yellow, think, green, act. Mm-hmm. And if children have that, are learning to think that way, yes. that's going to help them in their decisions. Mm-hmm. Another way I really think is great for teaching children about spiritual values or strategies for raising a spiritual child is perhaps giving them a little patch of garden when they're a little bit older oh, okay, and planting some seeds and then illustrating to them how, you know, you've got to put the good soil in and you've, you know, you might have a patch where the soil's dry and it's got no nutrients in Mm -hmm. it. So we're going to put the good soil in and then we're going to put, plant the seeds on the right dam. We're going to add some nutrients. We're going to get some nutrients from Bunnings to put in (laughs) or we might have some compost that we've made ourselves from our scraps and then we need to water it and we need to make sure there's sunshine. And I think that's another strategy for children learning spiritual application as I like well. that. Just so, that getting yeah. out in the garden. Good way to keep them away from video games. Well, that's right. And like, yes, technology has got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? And yes. people become addicted to that and that's what they want to be involved in. And, oh, and yeah. personally, I think parents should wisely limit the amount of time with that, but make those other things so much fun and exciting and getting outside and nature or playing games or looking at trees, going bird watching, whatever it is, Mm. make it so exciting and appealing that they'll want to do those things. So it's not just about telling the kids, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, It's much more effective to tell them, why don't we do this instead? Why don't we go out for a walk? Why don't we plant a a tree or do this or that? Instead of just 
don't do that and then walking away. And look, it's easier when they're young. Let's be honest, Pastor Ricardo. When they get to those mm-hmm. teenage years, the challenges <laughs> can change somewhat. But yes. if the foundation's there for them, I believe it'll even carry through the teenage years as they make decisions. Now, they may make decisions that aren't what we think are the best. We mm-hmm. need to reflect when we were that age and yes. we did the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. But that learning those strategies for when they were young are so important. You know, in, in the third apostle of John, it says, uh, in the first part, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And mm. I think as a parent, so that's true. what we want. Because yes. at the end of the day, what God wants for us is to have a life that's abundant and mm-hmm. blessed. When you live in a society that says anything goes and it's all about me, and I notice this more and more on the roads as more and more people are thinking just about themselves and mm-hmm. not uh, peripherally looking around to see how what they are doing is impacting mm-hmm. others, then, you know, that's not a society that's going to work well together. Yes. And and common sense would tell us that. Like even you were talking about, sexual things where people can just do what they like, when they like, how they like, and think that it doesn't impact society, you are so wrong. Mm -hmm. You do impact society. The sorts of things that are against nature and how God has created us Mm -hmm. cause all sorts of issues, mind, body, and spirit, and place an even greater pressure on our medical system, Mm -hmm. on our health on, on all of our resources in Australia, we are placing more pressure because of the impact of those decisions. But nobody wants to talk about that. People pull away from that. So these spiritual strategies for our children can help them to make wise choices and decisions for now and for later on in life. So important to teach them how to make the, those decisions then. Uh, it's, it's important to guide them as, as we teach them. But uh, if we really, if they re- really learn how to make godly decisions, then they are set for life in a in a Absolutely. way. Absolutely. I remember there was a many years ago um, there was an event to um, to which my kids wanted to attend, and all their friends were going to that same event. And my wife and I thought that that wasn't something that God would approve of, and. We were wondering how do we tell them not to go there mm. because everybody was going. It's difficult. So um, I think God um, helped us there and he um, uh, gave us an idea. So what we did was we, we, we read with, with our kids uh, a portion of scripture uh, and another book as well about the topic. Okay. And then we said to them, let's go there and I'll go, we'll go with you. We went there, we sat down for about five or ten minutes at the most. Then we took them out, and then we asked them, what do you think of what we saw? Remember what we read? And I know it took us a long time to do that. It would have been much more easier to just tell them, you're not going because I say so. Yes. But when we did that, they said, uh, that goes against what God is asking us to do. And so... Then we asked them, so do you want to attend this event? They said no. So that was a very good way to handle Mm. it, I would think, because you've actually shown them respect because, you know, they weren't little toddlers. They were older children, I imagine. And you showed them uh, an illustration so they can make that decision. You know, one Mm. thing, Pastor Ricardo, too, I think is so important. 
a lot of children they see all all the boundaries that are set. Mm-hmm. Um, often some will push against it, but often it makes them feel safe to have those boundaries mm-hmm. if they're done in love and care. But also, if we can somehow get them to understand, they can be like Jesus through asking Him to live inside of them. It's not mm-hmm. like they're here's the rules, guys. You've got to follow them, and that's it. Here's Jesus wanting to live inside you and he- and show you and be uh, in you so that you can live this life that he's mm. given us. And I think that that is something that's probably quite a challenge, actually, and mm-hmm. you need to really pray for the Holy Spirit to, to guide mm-hmm. you. And I look back and I think, you know, I've always been passionate about prayer, but I wish I'd prayed even more uh, during the time of the children being so young. True. It's not easy to teach by example, so it really needs um, determination and um, yeah, a lot of effort. But I, I, I truly believe that God will bless our efforts, our human efforts. Yes. He will multiply our, our efforts if if we do our best and Absolutely. leave for Him the rest, right? What Absolutely. we cannot do. It is a challenge. Okay, it's time for a break. Let's come to some music. And uh, we're going to listen to the Rochesters, and the song is called As For Me And My House. We stand here together, as a family we join hands together, lifting praises to the Father above. For sending His Son We've chosen together As a family to serve Him forever Knowing nothing else will matter in time We've made up our minds the day we will join in the fight till he takes us away till our faith becomes sight as for me and my house we will serve the Lord we will serve him We will serve Him, we will serve Him, for He is worthy. Serve Him, we will serve Him, we will serve Him, for He is worthy. Choose you this day. Tell me who will you serve Let nothing stand in your way Give the praise he deserves As for me and my house We will serve the Lord As for me and my house We As for me and my house, we will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
Yes, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a message. Our giveaway, and that's an amazing giveaway this week, is the book The Smart Parent. Would you like to be a smart parent? <laughs> well, there you go. This is the book for you, The Smart Parent by Nancy Van Pelt. And um, it's a book full of strategies for growing great kids. Have you ever wondered how some parents seem to be able to raise perfect children? Would you like your children to become responsible, well-rounded, Christian young people who can safely make their own way in life? Nancy Van Pelt, an author of 42 books on the subject, a certified family life educator and a grandmother with three grown children of her own, has been showing parents how to achieve this uh, for over 25 years. She writes to you in this book as one concerned parent to another. Um, listen to the table of contents and, uh, content and you'll see how in, uh, interesting this book is. Help your child feel like somebody. Would you like to uh, help your child to have a uh, high self-esteem? Then, then you, there, there you go. Uh, how to talk so your child will listen. That's another chapter. Secrets for getting obedience. Raising kids with character. Living with teenagers. High-risk behaviors. How to give your child a head start. Home, a great place to talk about sex and stuff. Remodel families facing divorce, single parenting and blended families. God's plan for smart families. All of these you can learn by reading these uh, practical chapters. All you need to do to get a free copy is text the code SA146 on 04888-80811. The code again is SA for South Australia 146. Please, no spaces in between and our robot will get back to you. SA146 on 04888-80811. And also... Please send us all your comments, questions, prayer requests at any time on this same number. We would be happy to hear from you. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Lindy Sparing, and Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Coordinator and Women's Ministry Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And this week we are exploring the theme Raising Spiritual Kids in a Post-Christian World. Is it possible? The big question we are trying to answer today is are there any strategies for raising a spiritual child? So, um, Lindy, how um, how can we uh, practically you know, make sure that we teach our kids these this, uh, spiritual values? Well, if we don't have it ourselves, we can't give it. Now, I talk to uh-huh. a lot of parents, and I remember when my children were very young, I was often tired. Parents are often very, very tired. They can be up in the night with the children, especially if they're still feeding, and and they find that it's very hard to find that time. I would say to a parent in that situation, pray that God will help you to find the time and to have the energy for your own spiritual enrichment. Because if you don't have it yourself, you're not able to give it. Wow, praying God for energy. Absolutely. And for you Mm. to find a time to be able to do your own and spend your own time with the Lord, plugged into the source of power. You know, I see a lot of parents today, they're just like, let their kids do whatever they like, whenever they like. 
So that mm. child is not developing character. They're mm. not developing responsibility. The parents don't set boundaries. Even years ago, when my daughter was attending a daycare centre, she was one of the few children that went to bed at a certain time. All the other children were allowed mm. to stay up. These children were two and three years old, allowed to stay up and watch whatever they liked till 10 mm. and 11 at night. How can mm. that be? The parents didn't say, oh, it's time for you to go to bed. They were watching things not age appropriate at all mm. and they weren't getting a good night's rest. It just seemed like the kids could tell the parents what to do. Yes. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work for a harmonious home. It certainly doesn't work if you want your child to be raised mm. with spiritual values and, and to grow spiritually. You know, to get them when they're young is the best time to see them grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking of an app, another way that you could have your children involved and to grow spiritually is to involve them in leading out a little bit too. Let them Perhaps suggest when they get that little bit older, why don't you prepare a worship Mm -hmm. uh, for us to do as a family? You might want to get a story out of the Bible and dress up for it, and I'll help you get some dress-ups. Or you might want to read a story and act it out or whatever. Get Mm. the children involved so that they take some ownership of of their own spiritual growth, if Mm -hmm. you like, and their development, and so that the children feel like they're really adding value. You know, in Proverbs thirteen twenty four, it talks about don't spare the rod or you'll spoil the child. And I know in the past some people have used that as as permission to belt their children. Yes. That's not what it's talking about. The rod is used to guide, used to be to guide the sheep. Mm-hmm. The rod is used to guide your children so that they can live the best possible life they can ever live. I mean, is there a parent out there who doesn't really want that for their children? Mm -hmm. They want to see their children flourish. They want to see their children do well. They want to see their children walking with the Lord so that they'll all be reunited one day in the heavenly home. That's the goal, yes. Isn't that the goal for Mm -hmm. them to know Mm -hmm. their creator God? And so it's just that... It's hard sometimes, I think. I don't think any mm. parent gets it perfect. And and yeah. the, I take courage from the fact that God had rebellious children as well, didn't he, in a perfect uh, world. And he's the only perfect father. He's the only perfect one. <laughs> Even so, him got it difficult. So it doesn't give us mm. an excuse, but it can sometimes encourage us when we feel discouraged if we think we've doing or have done everything. We can always mm. learn something. We can always learn something new. Yes. And as I look back, I can see some areas that I could have done better. And I, I often yeah. laugh too because I, th- I find grandparents suddenly realize how much better they can do things in the uh-huh. spiritual realm with their grandchildren because they've learnt themselves as they've yes, gotten yes, older. Yes, yes. And so there are strategies for raising children that have a strong mm. spiritual sense and values in their life. Another thing uh, I think it's important to mention is that as parents, we should not blame the, the, the degradation in our society and used as a, as an excuse, excuse yes. uh, for the condition of our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of um, people in the Bible like Noah, for example. He lived yes. among the greatest degradation that we can think of. Absolutely. That's why the, the flood was sent. And, you know, when you look at Noah's resume, for example, and you, you think of what was his greatest achievement, 
normally you would say, oh, building an ark. Mm. But I, I would say that his greatest achievement, besides building an ark, of course, was the fact that he entered that ark with all his family, not just by himself. His children, their wives yes. were there. So, yes, it is difficult, but it, it, it is possible in God's strength and wisdom to guide your family uh, to and God's he walked kingdom. with the Lord, didn't he? And his he life reflected it and to his children. They all wanted to go in the ark. Yes. You know, in Isaiah fifty four thirteen, it says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great mm-hmm. shall be the peace of your children. And so we wow. are vessels to allow the Spirit, to our God to operate through us, to teach our children. He wants to teach them. Mm-hmm. And then they will have that peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes. And even if they go through those tender, difficult years when their bodies are developing and they're mm-hmm. working out who they are at school and they're impacted by things of the world, more so now perhaps than in you know a generation ago, if they've got that foundation, Pastor Ricardo, I believe that they will have a great, much greater opportunity to stay strong with the Lord and mm-hmm. have that life. And I think also, if uh, because we're not perfect, as you mentioned, um, if at any time we feel that we we're not good enough, we lack wisdom. Yes, I want to encourage our listeners with this verse in James one five, and this is what God says: If any of you, and that involve includes, sorry any of us, if yes. any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So wisdom is offered for free and we can if ask we for ask it. for it. Well, Solomon asked for it, didn't he? And he got yes. lots of wisdom. And so we just need to ask. Ask God to give us the wisdom to bless our children. So true, so true. And you know, Jesus loved the children, didn't he? In mm-hmm. Luke eighteen fifteen to seventeen, he you know suffer the little children to come unto me. He he was he wanted the children around him. He, he loved them. them. Mm-hmm. He he wanted them to feel comfortable. I'm sure I can see them sitting on his lap, and he, mm-hmm. he's listening to their chatter. Jesus, did you know this <laughs> and did you know that? Children love to be listened to. They love to share their stories. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, I was invited to take worship at one of our Adventist schools back in Melbourne at Nunawading, and afterwards I talked about respect. And afterwards mm-hmm. the children came up, and they all wanted to. To tell their story. My mummy and daddy have broken up. My mummy and daddy are, are struggling. Or, or Nana just died. My grandma just died, and I miss it. They want to tell you their story, and and they want you to listen, to hear them, and to affirm them, and to acknowledge them. And you know. That's what God wants a, a family to look like, a Christian family, a spirit-filled family to look like, where we listen to each other, we love each other, we are kind to each other. And so mm. if the parents that are listening, I encourage you, ask the Lord to give you wisdom. I encourage you to find ways to share God with your children mm-hmm. from the moment they're born and even before to be praying. And I encourage you to have family worship, family time. Very important. And teach your children to have their own little private worships so that they grow up knowing the Lord Jesus and that he loves them so much. Mm. As, 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 um, as parents, as we have our own personal devotion with God, when our kids see us, Doing that, that that will impress them in a way that Absolutely. nothing else can. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Lindy. I've, I've appreciated your, your your insight here. 
And I'm sure our listeners have been blessed. And yeah, like Lindy said, if you ever feel like you don't have what it takes, if you lack wisdom, get on your knees and ask for free. Uh, God will give it to you for free. So, um, yes, it looks like our time is up for today. Let us pray before we uh, wrap up the program. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for listening to this um, conversation. You've been with our listeners as well. We just want to ask you to, as parents, give us all the wisdom that we lack because we truly want to um, raise our kids in, in your ways. We want to enter the kingdom of heaven with them. We want to be there ourselves as well. So, Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. Help us to have that, that, that spiritual, uh, personal relationship with you that will influence our kids as well as, as they see us. Bless us all. Bless our listeners. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is Pastor Ricardo, your host for today, and our co-host was Lindy Sparing. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we look at what are some of the spiritual lessons we need to teach our children. Until then, remember that God said, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, verse 6. May God bless you richly. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 